Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 3, Episode 8, Brotherly Love. This episode originally aired on November 14th of 1987. So what other events occurred on November the 14th? Well, way back in 1380, the then 12-year-old King Charles VI of France is crowned. In 1856, Gail Borden is issued a patent for technology related to his invention of condensed milk. In 1883, Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island is first published. Ooh. In 1908, Albert Einstein presents his quantum theory of light. In 1918, the Republic of Czechoslovakia is created with Tomas Masaryk as its first president. In 1964, Gordie Howe sets the then NHL record with his 627th career goal. In 2018, our three most recent events actually, uh, on November 14th of 2018, Edward Hopper's painting Chop Suey sells for $92 million a record for any work by Edward Hopper. Uh, also, on November 14th of 2018, jewelry that belonged to Marie Antoinette is auctioned off in Geneva after not having been seen for 200 years. And last but not least, on November 14th of 2018, New York Mets pitcher Jacob deGrom wins the N.L. Cy Young Award. No clue what about half of that sentence means. Uh, his 10 wins, the fewest ever by a Cy Young winner in a non-strike shortened season. Do you care to describe what that means? That just means you were voted basically the best pitcher in the National League there for, for baseball. Okay. And he had less than 10 wins. He said he had 10, exactly. 10, wow. That seems pretty good to me. Uh, usually 20 is the, uh, oh. the standard. Okay. I mean, 10 wins in a 160-game season. Oh. They usually start, say, 40. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 30, 35, 40, and you win 10. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> okay, well, that's, uh, that's, that's what happened. So that's the history for the day. Wow. Uh, so... What transpired in this uh, interesting edition of the Golden Girls? I don't know how else to describe this okay. one off the top of my head. I don't remember what happens in this one. Oh, boy. It's been a couple weeks. This is a golden brotherly love one. Okay. Scene one, we're in the kitchen. Sophia and Dorothy. Yes, Blanche enters, and she is mad because she caught her lawyer boyfriend handling melons at the A&P, and they weren't hers. ha. <laughs> He is, and it, he is not a lawyer. He is a fruit waxer. Wow. Rose comes in and she is late. She is also like a zombie. She is heading to work, but she is in her nightgown. Dorothy stops her and Rose sits at the table. We learn she hasn't slept in three nights. She tells us about the St. Olaf Milk Diving Tournament, an annual tradition, and Rose won it three times in the low fat division, but they finally discontinued the event when several spectators were caught dipping their Oreo cookies in the win winner's swim trunks. I would not try that at home. Doorbell rings and Sophia goes to answer it while the other three girls 
talk a little. Scene two, we're in the living room. Sophia answers the door. It is Stan and another man that turns out to be his brother, Ted. At this time, Sophia claims she didn't know Dorothy was pregnant until four days after the wedding. Uh, sure. The other girls come into the living room and Dorothy seems happy to see Ted and he is introduced to Blanche and Rose. Dorothy gets in a real zinger here about Gary Hart's campaign manager. There's lots of laughs from the audience. Boy, and yes, this would have been real big at the time of filming slash first run, but I don't know. The new audiences to the show probably don't get that connection. Uh, no. <laughs> so, no. I mean, <laughs> I had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> like, who? Yeah, back then it was a big thing. Okay. Yes. And we learn that Ted is a doctor and from Minnesota. And he owns a few mini malls and is divorced. Blanche is now very interested. She gets a date with him for 8 o'clock that night. And Ted and Stan leave to go to the nude beach. Wow. Scene three. That's the... definitely where I want to go with Stan. Yes, I know. <laughs> Scene three, living room. And it does not appear to me like Ted would do something like that. But Scene three, living room. Blanche and Ted enter after their date. Ted wants to leave, but Blanche wants to put out. They sit on the couch and talk. Blanche gets hot. Rose comes out. She still can't sleep. Blanche wants Rose to go to bed. Count sheep if she has to, but Rose says she is allergic to wool and broke out in hives at 23. Then she started counting members of the Jackson family. Yeah, Ted needs to be going, but Blanche stops him again. Sophia comes out carrying her purse at that time of night and says the best of Carson's coming on. Ted leaves. But scene four, right outside the front door, Ted runs into Dorothy and they talk a little bit. We learn that Dorothy has been at parent-teacher meetings for five hours. I have some questions. I do, too. <laughs> Ted knows it is late, but he invites Dorothy for a drink, and she accepts. Please remember that little scene. Dorothy has been at parent-teacher meetings for five hours. Yes. Scene five. We're in the kitchen. Sophia at the table. Rose comes in claiming it is now four nights without sleep. Sophia says she hasn't had a decent night's sleep since she was 70. Rose tells Sophia about Elsa Yoderudin in St. Olaf, who didn't sleep for 17 straight days during the rocking chair marathon, thanks to the support of her family and a cattle prod. Thank you. Sophia gives Rose a secret potion from the old country, guaranteed to put Rose to sleep. Rose drinks it while Sophia gets a cooking pot and appears to be going to smash Rose with it. But Blanche comes in the kitchen right then and stops her. Stan comes in from the back door and says Ted was out all night and he thinks he spent the night with Blanche, which Blanche doesn't know a thing about, of course. Scene six in the living room. Stan is looking for Ted. He decides to leave after Blanche tells him that Ted was not at their house. He opens the front door and we see Ted and Dorothy kissing. Stan is quite upset at Ted and they exit. Dorothy and Blanche and Sophia are still in the living room. Blanche is upset too. They head to the kitchen where Rose is still sitting at the table. Dorothy states that her and Ted just talked. They talk around the table. Mostly Dorothy and Blanche are doing the talk and they do some name calling. Dorothy highlights some recent military advertisements. More name calling. And Blanche leaves. Rose will brew some tea for Dorothy. And Dorothy realizes that the tea is loaded with caffeine and Rose has been drinking it at night when she can't sleep. 
Yes. Scene seven. We're at some dance place. Ted and Dorothy are dancing. They talk. We learn that Ted had a crush on Dorothy. Stan shows up. Stan cuts in. And Dorothy isn't going to dance with him. Stan made a reservation for two. No. Ted made a reservation for two in Acapulco. Stan thinks it is for Dorothy and Ted to go there and get married. Dorothy and Stan go sit at the table with Ted. It turns out that Ted is wanting to go to Acapulco with a stewardess he met, and, and she needs someone to watch her two kids, and he thought it'd be great if Dorothy would do it. Yeah, boy, now there's something. Dorothy leaves and stops at the maitre d's booth on the way out and announces to everybody that Ted is impotent. Scene eight, we're in Rose's bedroom. Rose is asleep. Blanche comes in and wakes her as she needs to talk to someone. They talk a little, then Dorothy knocks on the door and enters while Blanche hides behind a curtain. They do make up and everybody is friends again. Then Sophia enters with a super sleeping potion. Rose is already asleep, so Dorothy tries it. And we get some good physical comedy from Dorothy as this episode ends. Well, we have a few references to explain. Firstly, A&P uh, was a chain of grocery stores that uh, operated uh, from 1859 uh, through 2015 when it ceased business. Um, do 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 do. Uh, Johnny Bench uh, is a former professional baseball catcher. Uh, who was a 14-time All-Star and a two-time league MVP. Yes. Okay. He was very good. I guess. Um, Oreo Cookies is a brand of cookie typically consisting of two chocolate wafers with a sweet cream filling. First introduced in 1912, is the best-selling cookie in the United States. Uh, a landmine uh, is an explosive device concealed under or on the ground designed to destroy or disable enemy targets ranging from combatants to vehicles and tanks as they pass over or near it. Uh, that is the short version of that. Or, well, uh, let's see. Can I find uh, first use? Um, did do, do, do The first written use of the landmine is... Uh, is was written in 1412 that claimed that in the third century, so this was written by, I apologize deeply uh, for about the next two minutes of pronunciation, uh, Zhao Yu, in the preface to his Huanglong Jing Quanzi, which was written in 1412, claimed that in the third century the Chancellor Zhu Zhulang of the Shuhan State had used not only fire weapons, but landmines in the Battle of Hulugo Valley against the forces of Sima Yi and his son Sima Zhao of the rival Kao Wei State. Right, now this claim is viewed as dubious as gunpowder warfare did not develop in China until the advent of the flamethrower in the 10th century, while the landmine was not seen until the late 13th century, uh, when it was first used... Uh, for certain in 1277 during the Song Dynasty against an insult of the Mongolians. Uh, so that is uh, briefly that. 
Uh, Vanity Fair is a magazine of popular culture, fashion, and current affairs published in the U.S. The first version of it was published from 1913 to 36. It was then revived in 1983. Currently includes five international editions of the magazine as well as the United States brand, of course. Uh, so that is that. Uh, so Gary Hart uh, is an American politician, diplomat, and lawyer who was the frontrunner for the 1988 Democratic nomination until he dropped out over allegations of an extramarital affair. He was also the senator of Colorado from 1975 to 87. Uh, so that is that. Um, a padded toilet seat um, is simply a toilet seat with extra padding on it to make it, you know, higher up so it's not as hard to sit on or get off uh, for physically challenged individuals. Um, so a segue, uh, I don't, why in the world do I have this in here? Um, I don't know. So a segue is um, simply how you, how you change topic to try and make a transition without kind of interrupting things too, obviously. Uh, it oh. comes traditionally from uh, the music world, uh, where the direction musically segue means to proceed directly on to the next thing without stopping or to perform the next piece of music like the previous piece, uh, which was then adopted into English from the native Italian uh, to kind of what we get today. Um, so Michael Jackson, a singer, songwriter, and dancer, among other things. Uh, Janet Jackson, a singer, songwriter, actress, and dancer, she is known for sonically innovative, socially conscious, and sexually provocative records and elaborate stage shows. Uh, LaToya Jackson is a singer, songwriter, actress, businesswoman, and TV personality uh, who is the fifth child of the Jackson family. She first gained recognition on the family's variety TV series. Uh, thereafter, she saw success as a solo recording artist where she released nine albums over the course of 15 years. Uh, her most successful releases were a self-titled debut album and the 1984 single Heart Don't Lie. Uh, other notable songs include If You Feel the Funk, Bet You Gonna Need My Lovin', Hot Potato, You're Gonna Get Rocked, and... <laughs> and um, the very wonderfully titled Sex Box. Mm, boy. Um, Tito Jackson is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist, original member of the Jackson 5 and later the Jackson family, uh, later recorded as a solo artist throughout the 80s. Uh, last but not least, Stonewall Jackson uh, was a Confederate general during the American Civil War and became one of the best-known Confederate commanders after General Robert E. Lee. He played a prominent role in nearly all military engagements in the Eastern Theater of the war until his death and played a key role in winning many significant battles for the South. Uh, the Victory Tour was a concert tour of the U.S. and Canada by the Jackson family between July and December of 1984. It was the only tour with all six Jackson brothers, even though Jackie was injured for most of it. 
The group performed 55 concerts to an audience of approximately 2 million. Most, of course, came to see Michael, whose album Thriller had just been released, uh, with most of the songs on the set list coming off of his Off the Wall and Thriller albums. It reportedly uh, grossed approximately $75 million at the time, which would be equivalent to roughly $181 million today, and set a new record at the time for the highest-grossing concert tour. Uh, so that is that, uh, pretty much. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, this is an interesting note. Um, the tour was apparently a financial disaster for concert promoter Chuck Sullivan, who, along with his father, Billy, was eventually forced to sell the New England Patriots football team they owned, along with Foxborough Stadium, the team's home field, as a result of his monetary losses due to the tour. Um, that's an interesting note. Yeah, made $77 million. Yeah. Um, so how'd that... So wow. what happened... How'd that happen? Man. Um, do, 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 do. Wow. Okay. Um... Oh, um, let's see. So how'd that? So the tour sold what was then a record number of tickets despite a very high ticket price. Uh, the opening shows were widely covered in the national media and sold out. Uh, okay, so Sullivan had estimated in June that he would make up to $13 million off the tour, but by August had reduced that estimate by more than three quarters to $3 million as transporting the 365-ton stage Michael had designed, which took up a third of an entire football field, required over 30 tractor trailers to transport. It was so large it required using some of the seating area and in some venues taking as much of, as much as a quarter of the potential available seats off the market. Before the tour began, oh Sullivan gosh. had spent nearly a million dollars on legal fees and insurance, and among the 250 workers on the tour payroll was a, quote, oh, I need this kind of a job, was a, quote, ambience director who provided homey touches to the traveling parlor the group relaxed in before and after shows. <laughs> Overhead costs were soon averaging around a million per week, far over expectations, and Sullivan was unable to pay the $24 million balance on the advance. He negotiated the deal down to 75% of gross seat revenue soon after the tour began. Well, so that would be why that happened. I guess. Um, all right, Johnny Carson was a TV host, comedian, writer, and producer. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a first-century Galilean Jewish woman of Nazareth and the mother of Jesus, according to both the New Testament and the Islamic Quran. Um, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke in the New Testament and the Quran describe Mary as a virgin, and according to Christian theology, she conceived Jesus through the Holy Spirit while still a virgin. Miraculous conception took place when she was already betrothed to Joseph. Uh, so that is uh, that more or less. Um, do 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 do. Um, we'll come back to that because I think there will be a lot to talk about with that one. Uh, Salmonex is the trademark name for several over-the-counter sleeping aids. 
Uh, a souffle is a baked egg dish which originated in the early 18th century in France. It is made with egg yolks and beaten egg whites combined with various other ingredients and served as a savory main dish or sweetened to be a dessert. The word souffle is the past participle of the French verb souffler, which means to blow, to breathe, to inflate, or to puff. Okay. Uh, the earliest mention of the souffle is attributed to French master cook Vincent de la Chapelle in the early 18th century. The development and popularization of the souffle is usually traced to French chef Marie-Antoine Caramet in the early 19th century. It's typically produced from two base components, a flavored creme pastière, cream sauce or bechamel, or a puree as the base, and egg whites beaten to a soft peak. Uh, the godfather, uh, uh, the character, um, is the head of like a gang or a crime boss or something. It's something like that. I don't remember. He's the head of the family and kills a bunch of people or something. I don't remember. Um, so impotence uh, is better known as erectile dysfunction, uh, which is a type of sexual dysfunctions characterized by the inability to develop or maintain an erection during sexual activity. Uh, it can have psychological consequences that can be tied to relationship difficulties and self-image. A physical cause can be identified in about 80% of cases, including cardiovascular disease, diabetes, neurological problems, uh, following a prostatectomy, uh, hippogonadism, and drug side effects. I don't know what that last one is. Uh, diminished functional activity of the testicles. Okay. Um, psychological impotence is where erection or penetration fails due to thoughts or feeling and is somewhat less frequent in around 10% of cases. Uh, and there is a strong response to placebo treatment typically in those instances. Uh, treatment involves addressing the underlying causes, lifestyle modifications, and addressing psychosocial issues. In many cases, a trial of pharmacological therapy with a PDE5 inhibitor, such as sildenafil, can be attempted. In some cases, treatment can also, oh boy, uh, can involve inserting prostaglandin pellets into the urethra, injecting smooth muscle relaxants and vacillators into the penis, a penile prosthetic, a penis pump, or vascular reconstructive surgery, and is the most common sexual problem amongst penis havers. Uh, moving on, Hamlet uh, is a, uh, of course, uh, do what is this? Um, okay, this is a weirdly framed discussion of the play. Uh, the Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, is a tragedy written by Shakespeare sometime between 1599 and 1602. Set in Denmark, the play depicts Prince Hamlet and his revenge against his uncle Claudius, who has murdered Hamlet's father in order to seize his throne and marry Hamlet's mother. It is Shakespeare's longest play and is considered among the most powerful and influential works in all of world literature, with a story capable of, quote, seemingly endless retelling and adaptation by others. It was one of Shakespeare's most popular works during his lifetime and still ranks among his most performed, topping the performance list of the Royal Shakespeare Company and its predecessors in Stratford-upon-Avon since 1879. It has inspired many other writers from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe and Charles Dickens to James Joyce and Iris Murdoch, 
has been described as, quote, the world's most filmed story after Cinderella. Uh, so it was originally derived, uh, the story <laughs> of Hamlet was derived from the legend of Amleth, preserved by 13th century chronicler Saxo Grammaticus, that's a great name, in his Gesta Donorum, as subsequently retold by the 16th century scholar Francois de Belleforast. Shakespeare may also have drawn on an earlier Elizabethan play known today as the Ur-Hamlet, though some scholars believe Shakespeare wrote the Ur-Hamlet and later revised it to create the version of Hamlet we now have. So I guess that's Ur-Hamlet, not Ur-Hamlot, because I thought that was German. Okay. Um, he also certainly wrote his version of the title role for his fellow actor Richard Burbage, the leading tragic actor of Shakespeare's time. In the 400 years since its inception, the role has been performed by numerous highly acclaimed actors in each successive century. Uh, so that is the short version of the play Hamlet. Uh, the Allied Invasion of Sicily, uh, codenamed Operation Husky, uh, was a major campaign of World War II in which the Allies took the island of Sicily from the Axis powers, the Kingdom of Italy and Nazi Germany, began with a large amphibious and airborne operation followed by a six-week land campaign and initiated the larger Italian campaign. Uh, so, sleep deprivation and most importantly, the uh, effects of sleep deprivation. So, of course, sleep deprivation is the condition of not having enough sleep. So, so the physiological effects of sleep deprivation, which only increase the longer you go. So, uh, generally sleep deprivation may result in aching muscles, confusion, memory lapses or loss, depression, development of false memories, hypnagogic or hypno, hypnopompic hallucinations. Uh, I'm not sure what those mean and don't care to look it up at the moment. Uh, hallucinations during falling asleep and waking, uh, a hand tremor, headaches, malaise, styes, paraorbital puffiness, commonly known as uh, eye bags, increased blood pressure, increased stress hormonal levels, an increased risk of diabetes, lowering of immunity systems, and therefore an increased susceptibility to illnesses, an increased risk of fibromyalgia, irritability, nystagmus, or rapid involuntary rhythmic eye movement, uh, obesity, seizures, temper tantrums, especially in children, violent behavior, yawning, a general mania, and other symptoms similar to ADHD or psychosis. Uh, and it can also have great effect on the brain uh, in many other ways. It can also uh, stunt growth, uh, potentially... Uh, among many others, uh, any, many, many other issues that can arise from sleep deprivation, which is a core tenet of, I believe, Rose's plot in this episode. Yes. Um, I have one fashion note. I'm not quite sure how to describe this piece, but Blanche is wearing a sweater with, I settled on randomly placed pieces of colored fabric on the front. On her first date with Ted, and it looks absolutely hideous. Oh, boy. We have two side characters. Ted, uh, played by McLean Stevenson, uh, who was a Golden Globe winner, apparently. Uh, for what? I will find out in a minute. Uh, known for his role 
on uh, the MASH television series, uh, Different Strokes, The Doris Day Show, and uh, the TV at a, the TV series version of Dirty Dancing. Uh, and he will apparently appear again on The Golden Girls in a flashback sequence later uh, in this same role, but he does not appear in his own again. Oh, okay, so he won Golden Globe Best Supporting Actor for his role in MASH. Okay. He was nominated for uh, three Emmys for that role as well, as well as an Emmy for writing for an episode of MASH as well. Uh, the host at the restaurant is played by Brad Trum Trumbull, Trumbull uh, known for his work in projects such as uh, Paratroop Command, uh, The Wild Wild West, Mannix, and The Flight That Disappeared. Uh, and he will appear again in this, in this season. Actually, I think he will appear again uh, in essentially this same role, but at a different restaurant. Uh, <laughs> um, no new sex partners established in this episode, as far as I could tell. So our tally stands. Blanche, 43. Dorothy, 6. Rose, 5. Sophia, 1. I have one question about this episode. Why is a substitute teacher hosting parent-teacher conferences? Well, Why? It makes no sense. Yes. That was a good question. Like, why? Um... The only way I could think of it is if the real teacher... If she's like a permanent sub. You know, is on maternity leave for right. four months or something. Right. Uh, then it, then sure. Then possibly. That, then yeah, yeah, sure. My but, other questions for that, five hours? Okay. Well, it would depend. If she is like a permanent sub at like a high school, at the high school, let's just say. So let's just say so she has like uh, eight classes a day or eight classes of like 30 kids. I mean, sure, maybe. That's, you know, like 210 kids. Yeah, but usually high schools don't have parent-teacher conferences, do they? I don't know. I don't think so. My experience, none do anymore, but the none really do anymore. Elementary but. schools do, but once you, I think I got the junior high, we did not have parent-teacher conferences, except if the kids were terrible or right, something. Right, sure, sure. But for me, five hours, I, I was figuring this out. Well, if that's, five let's hours. say, what, like 10 minutes a kid? You have, so that would be like six, or not 600, yeah. but that would be like... Five by six... That's only 30 kids to take five hours, I guess. Every 10 minutes? No. Yeah. Yeah, every 10 minutes. You uh -huh. only get six an hour. Yeah, so that's... So for five that's hours... Like, that's 30 kids, so... That's 30, which doesn't seem like a lot. No. But when I figured it out, it's like, what time would these start? Four in the afternoon? For five hours is nine o'clock. To me, that would make sense. But Dorothy was getting home at 11.30 and said she just came from parent-teacher conferences. So they started at like 6 or 6.30? Who's going to a parent-teacher conference at 10.30 at night? Oh, well... <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's your kid's in third grade. We're going to have your parent-teacher conference at 10.30. Yeah. 
Wait, um, then we have to be at school at 7 in the morning. Wait a minute. There's no yeah. way. It just did not work. That Now, maybe after her conferences at 9 o'clock, she went to a bar, drank for a little while, but she didn't say any of that. No. You know, maybe she went. That's what you probably want to do after parent-teacher conferences. After 30 but, of them, you go yeah. like, like, oh. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going here to chill out for an uh, two hours. Yeah. For two hours. That whole parent-teacher conference thing to me was just, no, five hours for a substitute teacher going till 11.30 at night. Yeah. It just did not work for me, but that was the only real part of this that didn't work too well. Uh, besides the fact that Rose, I'm, I mean, I know she's not supposed to be too smart, but how would you ever think Stonewall Jackson was part of the Jackson music group? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but other than that... Unless that was like the nickname of one of the other ones, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't think so. But, oh well. My kitchen observation, they had a brownish and white checkerboard tablecloth this time. These girls who never seem to have money sure have money to spend on different tablecloths. Oh, we'll get back to this later. So, yeah. <laughs> different episode. Yeah. My accounts, we had two St. Olaf stories about the milk diving tournament and the rocking chair marathon. They weren't long stories or anything. We had a stand visit in this episode. We had five, our, our total counts are now at five weddings planned weddings. Seven physical abuses arose. 16 St. Olaf stories, 8 picture it stories, 8 cheesecakes eaten, 7 Sicily Italian stories. Sicily Italian references are at 26. The girls mad at each other, not best friends, etc. 10 sports, 17 games, 19. And Stanley's The Bornack appearances are now at 6. This, to me, was a pretty decent episode with some good laughs. 84 out of 100. Well, I'll do it for this episode of the Clyde TV Recaps. The Golden Girls, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.